Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Earlier, chapter 10, Peter had gone to Joppa to the house of a tanner. If you've been with us, you know that. And of course, if you missed any of our teachings, you can order them through the bookstore. So Peter had gone to Joppa into the house of a tanner. And it was there in the house of a tanner, give me your attention, that Peter received a vision from the Lord. And in this vision, Peter saw a sheet coming down. And in the sheet were all manner of four-footed beasts and animals, creeping things, unclean and clean, Levitically, animals and things in the sheep. Peter saw that. And it was at that time that God said to Peter, Peter, get up, kill and eat. And then Peter said those famous words, or should I say infamous words, no, Lord. Now, remember I told you? Lest you forget, no, and Lord, what? Do not go in the same sentence. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you can say no, and you can say Lord, but you can't put them in the same sentence. You understand. Peter said, not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything which is common or unclean. And God said, don't call anything that I've cleansed common or unclean. Well, God challenged Peter three times. And then finally, at the conclusion of the vision, three men are sent to Cornelius or sent from Cornelius. And the Holy Spirit told Peter to go downstairs and go with those men and don't doubt and don't question. Well, then last week we talked about this. If you were with us, Peter comes to the house of Cornelius. Peter says, okay, what am I here for? Cornelius says, don't ask me all I know is an angel appeared to me and told me to send for you. And it was at that point that they realized, Peter and Cornelius, that God orchestrated the meeting. And then the angel told me, Cornelius says, when you, Peter, come, you are going to speak certain words. And Peter, we are here to hear you. And it's at that point that Peter begins to share the word. Were you with us? Peter begins to share the word. And while Peter is sharing the word and right in the midst of this awesome sermon, the Holy Spirit interrupted him. And remember, I told you, Peter's the only guy in the Bible who keeps getting getting interrupted by the Godhead. God, the father interrupted him. Peter said, Lord, Matthew 17, Peter said, Lord, let's build three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah and one for you, Jesus. And the voice of the father said, Peter, quiet. 
says, that's a crazy idea. Listen to my son. He's interrupted by the father. And remember, the son interrupted him when Jesus said, Peter, get thee behind me. And now we see in our text, the Holy Spirit interrupts him right in the middle of preaching this awesome sermon. That's where we pick up this morning. Acts chapter 10, we'll pick up in verse 44. Saints, if you're with me, say amen. Amen. And while Peter, I love this text, was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter. Because why? The gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Underline that. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter answered and said, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them in verse 48 to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And then they asked him to stay with them for a few days. Stop right there. Give me your attention. As I said, Peter is on a roll and the Holy Spirit interrupts him. And the guys notice when the Holy Spirit interrupts him and the Holy Spirit falls on them who heard the word, the six Jewish guys who were with Peter were astonished because the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles. And now the Gentiles are a part of the church. And now you got to understand something, you guys. The face of humanity, the face of God's relationship with man has now changed. Because what we see here now is the first Gentiles to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to speak in tongues. And so now this thing that Paul talks to us about in Ephesians, that God, Jesus, died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, the blood of Jesus Christ cleansed us from our sins. And the blood not only cleansed us from our sins, but watch this. The blood of Christ has now made all things one in Christ. And now there's not two groups of people like Jew and all others or Jew and Gentile. Well, no longer does that exist now because of Acts chapter 10, verse 44. The Holy Spirit has indwelt the Gentiles. And now it's not the Jew and the Gentile. Now it's one new body in Christ. (coughs) Don't you see that God at this point has created, has birthed a new race of people. And they're called Christians. Say amen, saints. They're Christians. And now we're one body in Christ. Now, the thing I want you to take a look at, and very important to see, we see in the Bible, we see six places where the Holy Spirit was poured out, and each time, listen, each time God poured out his Holy Spirit, he poured out his Holy Spirit in different ways. Acts chapter 2, if you're taking notes, in verses 1 through 4, you know that it was the day of Pentecost with the disciples. And what were they doing? What were the disciples doing when the Holy Spirit was poured out? They were waiting and they were praying. Acts chapter 4, verse 31 After the arrest of Peter and John, what were they doing when the Holy Spirit fell? They were praying. 
Acts chapter 7, verse 55, Stephen's death, the first martyr of the church. What was Stephen doing when the Holy Spirit indwelt him? He was being persecuted. Persecution. Acts chapter 8, verse 14 through 17. The Holy Spirit falls upon the Samaritans. And what were they doing? They were praying and laying on of hands. In Acts chapter 9, verse 17, Saul with Ananias in Damascus. What happened? What was happening when the Holy Spirit fell? Well, the hands were being laid on. Again, very interesting here because there was the laying on of hands by a guy at that point who wasn't even an apostle. Isn't that interesting? Now, what does all that tell us here in Acts chapter 10 in verse 44? You've got a group of Gentiles at Cornelius house. And what happens when the Holy Spirit fell? What were they doing? They were having a Bible study. They were listening to the word of God when the Holy Spirit fell. Now, what does that tell us, saints? It tells us simply this. You cannot put God in a box when it comes to him pouring out his Holy Spirit. Amen, Amen, saints? You can't put God in a box. Every one of these situations were valid situations that God used to fill with the spirit. But it is ridiculous to think that God fills people with the spirit the same way every time. That's why we don't have Holy Spirit come down the front prayer lines. That's why we don't have altar calls every Sunday. People say to me, Pastor Rodney, how come you guys don't have altar calls here at Calvary Chapel? I'm like, the reason why we don't have altar calls here at Calvary Chapel, first of all, we do them from time to time. But we don't have them every Sunday is because we don't believe, I don't believe that the Holy Spirit moves the same way every time. And I've been in altar calls and so have you where the Holy, where they, you know, had altar calls and it's almost like, you know, pulling teeth. Trying to get people to come forward and get saved and, you know, and it's like, you know, Anybody want to get saved? Nobody raise their hand. It's kind of awkward for the preacher, you know? Anybody want to get saved? Is there one? Is there another? You know, for you, I mean, you're waiting and waiting and waiting. It's like, come on, man. You know what? I was in the service like that one time. And, you know, I have been a Christian for like 16 years. But it was taking so long, I just raised my hand. I said, I said, I got to go get something to eat. I've got to leave here. This cannot. I'm like, look, a brother wants to get saved. I said, yes, my brother. Can we pray really quick? I'm ready to go. Because you cannot force that. You understand that? That is a work of the Holy Spirit. God pours out his spirit when and how he chooses. Any way he chooses, any time he chooses. So we don't do altar calls every week. We do them as the Lord leads because God does things differently. Now listen, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, how are, how are you to be filled with the Holy Spirit? What's the requirement? Well, it's as simple as this. John chapter 7, verse 37 through 38, it says this. If anyone thirsts, I love this verse. This is a memory verse. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You see that? See, if you want to be filled with the spirit, you need to have a need and a thirst for the Holy Spirit. And you need to believe. 
And you need to open your heart and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to notice in verse 46 in your Bibles. Notice this. When the Holy Spirit came upon them, did you notice they spoke in tongues and glorified God? Did you see that in verse 46? Say amen if you see it. They spoke in tongues and they magnified God. Now listen, listen to me close. I don't have time this morning to go over with you this whole topic of speaking in tongues. The Lord knows I want to, but I can't. We have dealt with this topic of speaking in tongues and the exercise of it in the corporate environment, in your own prayer time. We have dealt with it through the scriptures and previous studies. Let me just tell you, you can order a CD, Acts chapter 2, that will give you an in-depth study on the Holy Spirit. You can order uh, on the gift of tongues, pretty much on the gift of tongues there in Acts chapter 2. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, all of these chapters talk about the, the, the gift of the tongues and the, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I have a teaching series on keeping the balance. This is a shameless plug, but this will help you. And on keeping the balance in the bookstore, pick it up. And, and, and it deals with the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it's a 16 CD, keeping the balance. And I think the Lord really used that. So if you have any questions about speaking in tongues, the thing that I want you to see this morning is that when the Holy Spirit fell on them in verse 46, they began to speak in tongues and they did what? They magnified God. That's the important thing that you need to hear this morning, that they magnified God, which was proper. You want to notice that when the Holy Spirit fell and, and they were given this gift of tongues, did you notice that they didn't give a message in tongues? And they didn't say, thus says the Lord. And they didn't sing a song in tongues. And they didn't prophesy in tongues. They magnified God, which is the proper order and the purpose of tongues is to magnify God. Acts chapter 2, when they spoke in tongues, they heard them glorify God and spoke of the wondrous works of God. Acts chapter 14, Paul said to the one who speaks in an unknown tongue, they're not speaking unto men, but unto God. And then he goes on to say, he who speaks in tongues gives thanks well. Clearly, the gift of tongues is a gift that is directed toward heaven. God would have, listen close, God would have no reason to speak to the church in a language that no one understands. Please, somebody say amen. amen. And I want to preach on this so bad. <laughs> but I can't. Got to go on. And notice what happened after they spoke in tongues and magnified God. Peter baptized them. Did you notice that? Peter baptized them. They believed and they were baptized. The important thing here is they believed first and then they were baptized. The Bible does not teach baptismal regeneration. What is that, Rodney? Some people teach that when you are baptized, you are saved. The Bible does not teach that. The Bible says that you are saved when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Then you are saved. If you were baptized and you think you're saved, you're not. You were baptized. The only thing that happened is you got wet. <laughs> Say amen, saints. You went down and you came up wet. 
You didn't come up saved because baptism does not save. Remember, baptism is an outward sign of an inward reality. The inward reality is that I've received Christ as my Lord and Savior. The inward reality is that I've taken Christ to be the Lord of my life. I've received him and now I'm born again and I've died to myself and I'm going to now live unto God because I am a Christian. And baptism represents that. The going down in the water represents death to self and the coming up out of the water speaks of the rising unto new life. So baptism is an outward sign of an inward reality, something that's already taken place in the heart. We see that model all the way through scripture as they were, they believed, and then they were baptized. And Peter baptized them, and they wanted Peter to stay with them for a while. Now listen, chapter 11 is very interesting because Peter has to go back to Jerusalem And they are wondering what in the world is going on. Look at Acts chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. Saints, you're still with me? Say amen. Amen. Now the apostles in verse 1, and the brethren who were in Judea, circle this word, heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him, saying, you went into uncircumcised men And ate with them. We got to stop there. In the days where there was no email, no snail mail, no cell phones, and no blackberries. By the time, no blackberries. I want a blackberry. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Did you notice this from the text? By the time Peter gets back to Jerusalem, they already heard what happened. Isn't it true? News travels fast. I'm amazed at how fast news travels in this church. Something happens and I may call somebody and say, hey, well, you know, I need you to pray about this. This is, you know, happened in circumstance in the church. And oh, Pastor Rodney, I know about that. Really? What would you find out? Oh, we've been knowing about that for four or five days now. Where you been? <laughs> Why is the pastor always the last to know, man? I mean, what's, what's up with that? News travels fast. Same in those days. Notice Peter gets back to Jerusalem. Get this, guys. Peter gets back to Jerusalem, and they are waiting for him. And they see Peter. And, and did you notice they didn't say good morning? They didn't say what's up. You know, they, they didn't say, you know, the kids say now, what's up, dog? Now, what's up with the dog thing? You know, when I was coming up, if you call, I'm from Philly. You call somebody a dog, them there is fighting words. <laughs> Nowadays, dog is a compliment. You know, it's a common greeting. You know, they go, hey, what's up, man? What's up? You know, you got a head, got to go up nowadays. I remember the days when you're going to go, hello there, how are you? Nowadays, like, what's up, dog? My, how things change. I'm amazed. And so they see Peter. I mean, they don't say good morning. They don't say hello. They don't say anything. The first thing they say is, I can't believe you went into the house of an uncircumcised man and you ate with them. Now, isn't that just like religious people? They, they don't care. Now, get this. They don't care that God just used Peter to share Christ with people who had never heard. 
They don't care that people believe. They don't care that people were born again. They don't care that people were filled with the spirit. They don't care that people were speaking in tongues. They don't care that even people were baptized. No, they care that Peter went in the house and ate with Gentiles. Remember, Jews didn't like Gentiles. Jews felt like Gentiles were the lowest of the low. And so they said, I can't believe that you went and ate. Now, in all fairness, let's understand something. The way that we think about food and the way that people in the first century and Jewish people thought about food is totally different. Today, when you know, we think about food, you know, we, we say, hey, let's go over to Wendy's, let's grab a bite to eat, and no big deal. I mean, food for us and eating is kind of sanitary. But when they ate now in the first century, they would gather around a bowl. They might have one big bowl in the center of the table and they would take a, give everybody a piece of pita bread and you take your pita bread and you would just grab what you wanted out of the bowl and you would just eat it and just kind of lick all over your bread and then put it back in the bowl. (laughs) That is gross. It's nasty. I'm sorry. That's nasty. And, 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 and they would, and, and in effect, I mean, gosh, guys, I don't really know how to say this any other way except that they were just kind of sharing saliva. On three, everybody. One, two, three. Ooh. It is. But see, in that culture now, see, when we get together, we don't do that. But in that culture, they understood that, listen to me, when you shared a meal with someone, you were partaking of that person. In other words, when you shared a meal, part of me was going into you and part of you was going into me. So to eat with Gentiles meant that you were becoming one with a Gentile. Now, remember, I told you this. I'm going to tell you quickly. Remember, I told you that God was breaking down the wall of racism in the life of Peter. Remember I told you that brick by brick, God was removing those walls of separatism and prejudice and bigotry and racism. And it all started when Peter went into the house of a tanner. And God said, there goes that brick of racism and separatism. And then we find Peter in the house of Cornelius, a Gentile Roman sergeant. And there goes another brick of racism. And now Peter is in that house with those people, staying with those people. And now he's becoming one with those people. And I honestly think at this point, this is where Peter's racism is gone. Brick by brick by brick. You know, God has a way of dealing with our issues. It ain't only girls that got issues. (laughs) Say amen, ladies. Mm, Y'all said that way too hearty. Y'all like, mm, amen. <laughs> now you preaching, pastor. Mm, you said that's all the lady. She's just like, amen. <laughs> and, 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 and God has this way of just kind of taking down those walls that, that, that we build up. He doesn't build them up. We build them up. And God has been taking down those walls. And now I think Peter has gotten to the place when he wrote in Second Peter when he says, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I think Peter is at that point where those walls of racism are gone. And now he's grown in the grace and the knowledge. And God's kind of done dealing with Peter because we don't see much of Peter after chapter 11 anymore. But God's been taking down those walls. And now Peter's free. 
Now Peter is free from the law. Peter is free from the law. He's probably like, hey, um, you guys, well, he's in Gentile house. You guys got any of that, that bacon stuff? <laughs> Peter's like, you know, I've been hearing about that bacon, and I, I'd really like to have a piece of bacon. I mean, as a Jew, I could never eat no bacon, but bacon, I've heard so much about it. Would somebody fry up some bacon? And they probably said, coming right up. He's free now. You know, that's the one thing I love about Calvary Chapel in this church. We are free. Amen, saints? Free to love God. That's why I love that song, Michelle. Free. Just free to love God. Free to be blessed. Free. Just free. It's wonderful to be free. We, you know what? This church is so free. I got to tell you this. Some people have accused our church of being a cult. I kid you not. I mean, it all started back in the trailer. Some of you guys remember we were in this trailer and, 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 and you know, we were, you know, behind some trees and, and on a dirt road. And it was, and it was completely fenced in. And, and, and oh, okay, fine, we did look like a cult back then, but okay, fine. But then we moved to the gas station church. We had all these titles, you know, the gas station church. We affectionately called the trailer. Now we moved to the gas station church and you guys are next to a gas station. And we had so many people coming. We even had the bus people like we used the food lion parking lot. If you know that area, we used to use a food lion parking lot. And, and, and you had we had a ministry where people would use their van to shuttle people from the gas station over to the food lion parking lot. And it was so funny because at the end of service, you could hear people saying, Okay, now the bus is leaving. Bus is leaving. People are scurrying out to get in the minivan to get across the street. It was like a ministry. And then we moved here. And, of course, you know, I mean, gosh, you, you guys must be a cult. I mean, you can't be a real church. Where's a steeple? Where's the stained glass windows? I mean, you guys can't be a real church. I mean, a real church. I mean, you've got a nightclub up front. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.